Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Cash Clarity. I'm your host, Abby Nerderman, and I am thrilled that you've tuned in today. Because in this episode, I'm going to go over the most horrible money habits business owners have with their money. Have you ever felt like there's something you should be doing or something you should stop doing, but you just don't know what it is? I know for me, the lack of knowledge is very real. It's scary to think that there might be something I need to do for my business, but I just don't know what it is. There are so many things that are important and there's always conflicting information or differences of opinion over what the most important thing is. Unfortunately, we as a community are not very financially literate. We, we aren't. It's just sad but true. We aren't taught at school how to be responsible with money, and that spills over into the business world. Only 50% of new businesses survive to the five years in business mark. Holy cow, like, that's awful and scary to think about. And what's worse is that surveys show that one of the biggest reasons is due to money. It's some sort of money problem, whether it's a lack of capital or a lack of cash flow. Um, And I, you know, I don't want that to be you. So I've created a list of horrible money habits that I've seen business owners make so you can be sure to avoid them. Now, I could have made a really long list. In fact, I did. And I had to shorten it up um, since we're on a podcast together. So I kept it to 10. So in this episode, you'll learn the 10 money habits that could lead you into financial trouble. Earlier this year, I had a few less than stellar months financial performance wise, and it was because I was making some of these mistakes that I'm about to go over. Even though I'm a professional bookkeeper and I'm extremely familiar with all the pitfalls, I can still get tripped up and lose sight of what I should do. I'm telling you this so that you know that nobody is perfect. If you're guilty of making one or more of these mistakes that I'm about to go over, it's okay. You're normal. And you have it within yourself to learn or make a course correction. Or maybe you just need to be reminded that you need to strive for improvement. After this episode, you'll know all the biggest money gotchas to look out for in your business. If you want to run a successful business or take your business to the next level, you'll need to avoid making the mistakes I'm about to go over. Before I get into it, I want to say a quick thank you to all my friends. In the past few months, I have been talking about this podcast like nonstop, so I really appreciate all their support and their patience with me. It's been such a big topic of conversation and I've been blasting Facebook with posts and announcements and I've been asking for opinions and for votes on polls and I just, I want to say thank you and that I'm grateful for all the support and the abundance of positivity that's just been sent my way, all the insightful comments and the well wishes. It's made a huge difference and I'm so grateful. I just want to say thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel very blessed. Okay, so let's dig into the list of money habits. Don't forget, my intention is not to make you feel guilty or insufficient. It's to help you fill in those knowledge gaps and to encourage you to make improvements. Horrible money habit number one, not setting financial goals or setting unclear goals. 
I have a quote for you. It's from Yogi Bear and it says, You've got to be careful if you don't know where you're going, because you might not get there. And another one you may have heard of is from Stephen Covey, and he's famous for telling us that we should begin with the end in mind. This is so true when it comes to our financial goals. It's crucial to have a crystal clear picture of where you want to go, whether that's having a revenue target or maybe a profit mar- margin target. Um, once you have that spot that you're aiming for that you want to get to, you almost magnetize that and manifesting it into existence. Our brains have something called the reticular activating system. And what that does is it's on the lookout for the thing that things that are on top of our mind and it kind of ignores all the rest, all the noise. Have you ever noticed like when you're driving for example that you're focused on where you want to go and the cars around you. You aren't necessarily paying attention to the the places that you're passing and the people that are in the parking lot or you know just the trees or the signs you're missing all those billboards you're focused on the task at hand which is driving it's the same sort of thing when we're setting goals when we set a big hairy audacious goal for ourselves say it's to hit a certain revenue target then we start seeing those things to fulfill that destiny so When we don't have a goal that we're aiming for, a lot of times I see this show up as undercharging. Business owners tend not to price their products or their services for the amount that they truly deserve and to meet those big financial goals. So this is really super important when it comes to to meeting those goals. Horrible money habit number two, skipping a budget or throwing it out the window. Remember earlier in the episode when I said I was victim of making a couple of these mistakes? Well, this was one of them. I, for whatever reason, had a budget and decided not to pay attention to it. I ended up making a big purchase and it hurt my bottom line. I didn't see as much Um, net income as I should have and it definitely affected my cash flow for a couple months so these are results of skipping a budget and I see it happen all the time if there's a most common mistake that I would have to say that business owners make it is this one it's not making a budget or not sticking to the budget so it's really super important. It helps you from overspending or making those impulse purchases. Horrible money habit number three is not performing regular financial reviews. This is a really important financial control to have in your business. One, it helps you understand where you're at right now. And two, if you have more than one person in your business, say you have a team, this is really important for discouraging any sort of theft or embezzlement or just any kind of fraud whatsoever. It really helps bring awareness to your finances and it builds that perception of being caught. So having regular for 
regular financial reviews also ties into setting those financial goals. It doesn't really make any sense to set a big financial goal if you're not going to periodically check in to see how you're doing. Sometimes we need to make a course correction. If we're not heading in the right direction, you know, we won't know it unless we step in and have a regular financial review. I recommend doing these at least once a month. That's what I do with my clients. Horrible money habit number four is putting off bookkeeping until the end of year. I see this happen a lot. I tend to get a lot of calls right at the end of the year, um, you know, starting in December and going through March because guess what happens in April? Income taxes are due and business owners will sit down and realize that they haven't been keeping track of their bookkeeping and it's a complete mess and so it ends up being a total fire drill. It's often a big rush to get things done and things get missed or they aren't entered right and it often results in mistakes being made and inaccurate financials and I see a lot of people end up having to file for a tax extension because they just, they they don't know what, what to file. So they end up pushing it off. And you know what? I see it happen again in October when the extension is due. So don't let this be you. Stay on top of things. I really recommend you know, entering your, your records and your transa- transactions into your accounting at least once a week. And then reconciling your accounts once a month. So be sure to avoid the year-end fire drill by coming up with a recurring schedule for your bookkeeping. Horrible money habit number five is not building up an emergency fund. We as business owners tend to try to run our business as scrappy as possible. We keep things as lean and trim as possible when it comes to our finances. And I see what happens a lot is we don't put enough into our savings. So if we end up with an unexpected expense, it could hurt really bad. Like we might not have the money in our bank account. And a lot of times what I see happen is business owners will borrow from themselves. They'll pull money from their personal funds to help cover those unexpected business expenses. And unfortunately, if those expenses happen to be really large, businesses can go under and they don't survive. So I recommend always having three to six months of operating expenses in your cash account, either a checking account or savings account. If you're a freelancer or if you have a somewhat seasonal business, then err on the higher end of that emergency fund, that six-month mark. That way, you're always able to pay yourself even through those tighter months when there's not as much income coming in. So be sure to save up that emergency fund so you're not blindsided by one of these unexpected expenses. Horrible money habit number six is paying the minimum amount on credit card balances. It's this cycle that never ends and it's hard to climb out of. Credit card companies tend to set their minimum payments just barely ahead of where you would be if you needed to pay off your credit card balance. You'll notice 
that you'll get charged with an insane amount of interest. And then the minimum payment is something that's just barely above that. So it'll take years and years and years to pay off your credit card if you're only paying the minimum balance. What happens is business owners assume that they'll eventually earn the money to pay off all that debt. Well, the reality is, is you got to keep your spending within the bounds of the income you're currently making. So getting into a credit card debt is a slippery slope. You assume that you're going to eventually earn the money to pay off that balance. But what happens is credit card companies are going to charge you that interest and it's going to increase the amount you owe and it's just stay away from it. Only use credit cards if you're going to be responsible for paying the balance in full off every month because it's like I said it's the cycle that never ends and it's so hard to get away from it. One of the mistakes that I also made was this one. I had opened a credit card I don't know like in May of last year and I had one of those special deals of 0% interest for the first 12 months, which is awesome. It's like, you know, a free loan almost. So I had made the mistake of not paying off the full amount each month. And when it came, came close to that year of free interest going away, Uh, I had trouble catching up and paying it off fully. So the solution here, guys, is to pay your balance off in full every month and to never spend more than what you actually earn. So if you're going to use a credit card, please be responsible and pay off that balance in full every month. And I challenge you to go one step further and pay off your balance in full once a week. Once you make charges on your credit card, go in and pay them off right away. This is going to help in a number of ways. If you're doing a monthly budget, then you will be able to stay within that budget by paying off the expenses that you put on your credit card. Please, 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 if you hear anything from this episode, pay off your monthly balance in full every month and don't get in the habit of paying the minimum balance on your credit cards. Horrible money habit number seven, not understanding your tax requirements or your deadlines. So deadlines and compliance can really vary by your business structure and by the state in which you operate business in. So you need to be aware of whether or not you're a sole proprietor, an LLC, um, whether or not you have S-corp status, or if you're a C-corp, because Your tax deadlines and your compliance is going to vary by by what structure you have. So I recommend getting familiar with the IRS website. They have lots of good publications out there to understand when it is you owe taxes and how much you have to pay and at what intervals. And it varies by state as well. Each state is different. You know, not every state requires you to pay income taxes and the state's requirements might be different than the federal requirements so be sure to go out and get familiar with the 
Department of Revenue in your state and figure out what those compliance requirements are. The reason why this is so important is when you're unaware of how much you owe and when you owe it, you end up accruing penalties and interest and it compounds over time. You end up paying interest on the interest. (laughs) So don't let this be you. I've seen um, clients or prospective clients end up owing hundreds to thousands of dollars in tax penalties. So be sure to understand the requirements for your business. Horrible money habit number eight, commingling personal and business funds. When you're in business, you want to make sure to have a separate bank account just for your business. And if you're going to use a credit card, you want to have a business credit card as well. You don't want to be using your personal accounts to make purchases for your business and vice versa. You don't want to use your your business accounts to make personal purchases. So in the accounting world, this is what we call piercing the veil. And there's a veil there in place when you set up an LLC, an S-Corp or C-Corp or something. And you've done this to protect your personal assets. So if you pierce the veil and you end up in an audit situation or some kind of litigation, an examiner could come in and determine that you've pierced that veil and that your personal assets are then at risk of forfeiture for, you know, whatever trouble that you're in. If it happens once or twice here and there, that's not a big deal. You know, people are going to understand that a mistake was made. But if you are doing this egregiously and all the time, then that peer has definitely been, that veil has definitely been pierced. So please be sure to be diligent and using your personal accounts for personal expenses and your business account for business expenses. The last thing in the world that you want is to be your business to be sued for any reason. Of course, we don't want to be there in that situation at all. And you've had a bad practice of mixing your funds and an examiner comes in and says, oh, you pierced the veil. And then they end up coming after you and your, your personal bank accounts and forcing you to sell your assets such as your your vehicles or maybe your house it's just uh, you don't want to be you don't want that to be you horrible money habit number nine claiming personal expenses as business expenses now this is different from the last money habit of commingling personal and business funds sometimes i see business owners go out and make a purchase for their business, and it really should be a personal expense. It's not something that they should be putting on their business card. Now, there's four criteria that you need to be looking at as far as, is this a personal expense or is this a business expense? The first one is, it must be in connection to your trade, business, or profession. So let's say you go out and you buy a new computer something that you're going to have at the house and that you're going to use. But if it's not going to be used for your business, you shouldn't be using it or you shouldn't be paying for it with your business funds. The second criteria you must meet is it must be ordinary and common to your industry. 
something that might be a common expense for somebody else's industry might not be common in your industry. So be careful and ask your question, ask yourself the question, is this a typical expense for my industry? The third criteria that uh, an expense should make is, is, is it necessary? Is it appropriate and helpful in developing or maintaining your business? Um, If not, then it needs to be a personal expense. So just because you're buying a new computer for your business doesn't mean it's necessary. You know, if you had just bought one a few months ago, you don't need to replace that with the newest, latest and greatest tech. Like I know that iPhones come out once a year and they're awesome, but do you really need to be buying a new iPhone for your business once a year? I don't think you do. Um, But that's my opinion. You might be able to convince uh, an audit examiner, uh, you know, otherwise, but I, I myself wouldn't risk it. The fourth criteria you must meet is it must not be lavish or extravagant under the circumstances. So let's say that you're traveling for your business, you're going to a conference, and you book a room at the hotel. You have a choice between a single king room and a huge suite. Now, it might be considered lavish or extravagant if you just decide to book that that suite. So when a, you know, simple king room is available. So these are the four criteria you must meet. And let's just recap those real quick. Quick, It must be in connection to your trade, business, or profession. It must be ordinary, and that is common to your industry. It must be necessary, which means it's appropriate and helpful for developing maintaining, and maintaining your business. And it must not be lavish or extravagant under the circumstances. So an example that I have is a realtor. It wasn't a client of mine. It was uh, somebody else. They had purchased dance lessons under their business umbrella. And they said that that's how they get clients is by going to these dance lessons. Now, if I were an examiner, I don't know that it would meet the ordinary circumstances. I don't know that all realtors are out there um, signing up for dance lessons in order to find new clients. And, you know, I I don't know that it's really in connection to your trade or business. Um, what does dance have anything to do with real estate, with buying or um, selling a house? So that would be one example that I think really skirts the line. Another really common um, example of this is purchasing clothes or haircuts for business. So I think there's a lot of people that would think that if you go out and buy professional business attire, like a suit or something, that that is a business-related expense. But when it comes to clothes, there's really cut and dry um, rules around that. Uh, 
if you're buying clothes for your business, they either need to be branded from the business, have your logo or something. Maybe it's a, you know, a polo with your, your logo on, on the, the chest, or maybe you're a nurse or a doctor and you need to buy scrubs, or maybe you're in construction and you need to purchase uh, steel-toed boots or safety glasses. Those would all be necessary expenses for, for those industries, and those are, are deductible. Um, whereas if you're just buying professional business attire, if it's something that you can get away with wearing on the street, um, the IRS is not going to let that fly. And, and same with like haircuts or grooming, like the only argument I could see for maybe ever, uh, expensing a, a haircut or something for your business would be if like you're a model or actress or something and you were required to go get a certain haircut for whatever shoot that you're going in for. Okay, horrible money habit number 10 is not paying yourself. Oh my goodness. So I'm guilty of this. I know I was definitely guilty in the earlier years um, for sure. Um why did you start your business if you're not going to pay yourself, right? You know, we all got into business for ourselves, for for that freedom, whatever it was. Maybe you don't like working for someone else, or maybe you just wanted more flexibility with your time. You wanted to be able to be present for your kids um, when they're home from school, or, you know, maybe you just want to like working from home and you don't like going into the office and you live in one of these big cities where there's insane commutes to get to work like an hour and a half one way. So if you go into business for yourself, you definitely want to pay yourself. You know, businesses aren't going to like when you're working for someone else, they're not going to not pay you. So why would you do that to yourself? And oftentimes, if you aren't paying yourself, you're going to probably get yourself into trouble with your personal expenses. You know, months are going to get tight. It's going to be hard to pay those bills. And you're going to end up having to go back for working for someone else. So um, make sure that this is the first thing you do with your money once you get it in is to pay yourself a certain percentage and um, keep it in your budget. Like, I definitely recommend doing a budget. And the first thing you should budget for is how much you're going to pay yourself before everything else. That is all 10 of the horrible money habits. And because I love you so much, I have a bonus horrible money habit for you. So money ha- horrible money habit number 11 is caring about what other people think. I know we as business owners tend to want to project the best possible image of ourselves to the outside world so we can earn new business. Well, uh, this can get us into trouble. It can get us into that um, mindset of overspending and busting our budget. You know, I've seen business owners either, you know, rent the office that's too expensive or make big purchases um, that they don't need to make. Sometimes we just need to be scrappy, you know, and and run as lean as possible. And other business owners, especially if you you are a business to business type of industry, they're going to appreciate your ability to roll with the punches and to run your business lean. Just because you aren't buying the most expensive, fanciest tools for your business doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to earn 
uh, new business. You know, me, myself, if I'm a potential client, I'm not necessarily looking at how nice your car is or how nice your clothes are. I want to get to know you and I want to know if you're the real deal, if you got the goods, if you got the skills to be able to back up what you say you're going to do. So um, that's what I'm looking for. And I think a lot of prospective clients are going to be the same way. So there you have it. Those are all the horrible money habits that you can have. And just to recap, to make sure that you got them all down and in your head, I'm going to go over them again real quick. So horrible money habit number one is not setting financial goals or setting unclear goals. Number two is skipping a budget or throwing it out the window. Number three is not performing regular financial reviews. Number four is putting off bookkeeping until the year end. Number five is building, not building up an emergency fund. Number six is paying the minimum amount on a credit card balance. Number seven is not understanding the tax requirements or deadlines for your business. Number eight is commingling personal business funds. Number nine is claiming personal expenses as a business expense. Number 10 is not paying yourself and your bonus number 11 is caring about what other people think. In the next episode, I'm going to introduce you or remind you of the financial reports you need to review on a regular basis. Remember horrible money habit number three? In the next episode, we're going to get you all squared away. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the show. Until next time.